Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hey, everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the TakeCast. In fact, a bonus episode of the TakeCast for getting the show to 500 reviews on iTunes. We got such a good and overwhelming response to the Michael Gallagher NBA fantasy betting DFS previews for the Eastern Conference and Western Conference. We thought that we would have him back on the show to do kind of an update with preseason action, what teams were going to be targeting early on in the season in DFS, some assumptions about rotations that we probably need to change to begin the year, and just some other good information to have if you plan on betting, uh, playing DFS, playing season-long fantasy, all of that stuff that you need to really get ready for the 2019-20 NBA season. So this is a bonus episode number five of the TakeCast. Of course, we are sponsored by rotoexperts.com. You can get the best fantasy football projections, rankings, and premium content in the industry for 10% off using the promo code MATTEK, M-A-T-T-E-K. And you can get bonus episodes of the show by subscribing to Patreon, patreon.com slash TakeCast. And uh, you can always also leave a rating and review on iTunes to get more bonus episodes. Now let's get into the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Take Cast. I'm Davis Maddock, joined by my buddy, Mike Gallagher. We are just crushing out these NBA podcasts for you. This is actually going to be a bonus episode of the uh, of the show since we got to 500 ratings and reviews on iTunes. And Mike is just trying to out, get out here and uh, and grind this content. And uh, you know, I'm I'm happy to allow him to do this. Mike, how's the preseason going for you, man? I love it. Uh, this is, I've said all the time, I like preseason more than I like postseason. I just love new information and just seeing new guys in new roles. And it just makes me so happy. Uh, I will shout out Adam Levitan, who said on his recent podcast that without fantasy, like I really wouldn't be in sports as much as I am. I mean, like he he tells it hashtags team smell the roses. So shout out to him. And I agree, man. Like I just like doing this grind out mode, learn as much as I can and just help everyone crush in fantasy and myself as well hopefully crush and it's just cool man like it's just it's just the gamesmanship of fantasy is just it's why we love it I'm sure you agree 
Yeah, no, it's great. And, and preseason is, it's way, cause you, no one's disappointing you yet. Everyone, every, you know, everyone looks pretty good. So there's, there's definitely that element to things like this is, this is really a great time to be doing fantasy sports analysis. And uh, the best thing about the preseason has been, of course, the New Orleans Pelicans. Yeah, man. Uh, I've spent all offseason talking about how fast they're going to be. And let me just set this up. Yes, preseason stats are inflated. We know this. But the Pelicans last year actually set the record as far as NBA stats tracks, which is until 2003 or four or something. They said they had the fastest record for an NBA team for a preseason pace, 114.1. However, the Pelicans, Raptors, Suns, and Wolves are all like right uh, there or above it. Um, and then in particular, the Pelicans, they're ridiculously fast. So 114 is ridiculously fast again. And actually the Pelicans, after the break, they were at like 107, which is about two, was about two full possessions faster than anybody else. But Zion and Drew have been running at a 123.2 pace together in 38 minutes. Um, not to be outdone by Drew and Lonzo. Uh, they're running at 125.2. And I know the whole big, oh, Lonzo being a ball hander will affect Drew. Well, it's only a 31-minute sample, but that's garbage. Um, going off the sample, per 36 26 points, 5 boards, 8 assists, 3.5 steals, 2.4 blocks, 2.4 trades on 70 true shooting, and 24 usage rate. And then another cool stat on Drew. So before the break last year, he only had 11 points uh, come off of, of his total point total coming off a of fast break, pre-break. That number jumped all the way up to 20.2 after the break. So far in the two preseason games, he is sitting at 29%. Um, just up and down, get up there, transition points, which are easy points. Like, that's by, Of all the play types, like, they're the most efficient plays because, you know, a lot of them are easy layups and stuff. So it's just crazy, man. Like, I, I can talk about this for hours. They had 40 assists last night. That's the most assists they would have had uh, any game last year. They hit 36 three times. Like, this team's just going to have so much fantasy goodness. I love Lonzo. I haven't talked about Zion yet. Dude, well, most- actually, yeah, real quick before we talk about Zion, I want I want your opinion on uh, what's what is Lonzo's shooting percentages going to be? Do you do you buy this new revamped jump shot? I actually do. I don't think he's going to like smash and shoot like forty percent or something. Uh, I, I know D- Drew Dinkmeyer is buying into it. He thinks yeah. he thinks that this is like a real development. I'm not saying he, like, he's not going to be a knockdown shooter, but he's going to be a lot better. And I think even. But I think the bigger takeaway is, is this whole big ground up rework stroke. He was a horrendous free throw shooter last year. So I think that getting that continuity in a shot will really translate well at the free throw line. So I'm maybe buying that more than just a totally locked knockdown shooter. But he's going to get so many open looks in this offense with all the pace and guys running up and down. Like teams aren't going to be – honestly, I don't think teams are going to be in shape to play with them. Um, Zion himself, who's like first three minutes, is like the first game, he was like, oh, boy, I was tired in the first two minutes, but then I warmed up to it. Like, they're just going to run everybody out of the gym. So, um, yeah, like, to your point, like you said, like, Lonzo's going to be a lot better efficiency-wise, which he wasn't very good before. But the assists are going to be insanely high. His steals are going to be great. Like, Lonzo's going to be, I think, a guy that we're really underrating both in DFS and in season long. Yeah, I mean, Lonzo is a guy that I liked to play a lot in DFS anyways because, you know, he just – he gets uh, he gets a lot of those – he gets a lot of hustle points and uh, you know, he does like when Lonzo is on the floor, his team, like even when he, even when the Lakers were not running, they played faster when Lonzo was on the court. 
Yep, exactly. They're going to play so fast. And I guess getting to Zion, who was 12 and 13 from the field, it was all around the rim. The one miss was like an easy layup that he almost made. So he almost went like 13 to 13. He just crushes. He crushed at the rim last year. He, he's going to crush at the rim really. He might even threaten the league for uh, field goal percentage. Uh, he's going to have so many easy dunks. He's so shifty for a guy his size. Uh, I was watching a little bit of morning talk show, and they were like, oh, yeah, he played against the Hawks and the Bulls. Like, as bad as their defenses are, I mean, these are still NBA players, you know? It's not like they're going from, like, high school kids to NBA players. So I'm buying fully. Um, and, yeah, I mean, again, the pace is just going to be so insane with this team. Um, defensive stats out the wazoo, like, legit might threaten the league for blocks. Probably not, but uh, I don't think it's out of the range of, range of outcomes, like – He's just, he's just insane. This, this team's just going to crush in transition. So, like, first season long, target Zion in the second round. Take Drew in the first after eight for me. Um, take like, Lonzo at, like, 65, 70, 80, depending if you need a point guard or not. Um, I don't hate Derek Favors. He's a little bit dinged up. So he could probably get him maybe even 65, 70 now. So, there's just so many guys I want to take. Brandon Ingham's actually been somewhat decent. I'm not too bullish on him given his injury history, but he looks a little bit better now. He, he, to me, so Brandon Ingram seems like the guy who is not a fit with this team. He seems like a guy who's just going to be pretty inefficient and just not, and not really fit with the vibe of the rest of the team. Yeah. And, and we talked about it last time that David Griffin had talked about how uh, he's like standing out as a fit. So maybe they were just like being nice to him. Uh, Cause it did, he didn't quite look like a fit. He runs around. All right. He's long. That's good. But um, yeah, I mean, Part of me is rooting for Nikhil Alexander-Walker to, like, just go out and smash out. Um, Nikhil's been insane, dude. Um, just in limited playing time, he's got 12.5 points, four dimes, two rebounds, and just 17 minutes per game. Uh, if you watched that game last night, un- unreal comeback. Um, scored 10 of his 13 points in the final four minutes. If you missed that, it was a 23-point comeback. Um, would have been the franchise record had it been a regular season game. Um, just It was just all these, like – and like benchmark, like things that they did. Zion uh, with his 29 uh, in NBA history, the youngest player to have at least 29 points on uh, 92% since Dwight Howard. Like it was just a, a record banner night um, for hashtag team pace, hashtag team Pelicans. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they really are. Uh, they, they, I, do you think that they can make the playoffs? Yeah. So that last time, man, um, I think they are going to get in there. Maybe six, seven, eight seed. Uh, I think uh, they got to stay healthy. We know that Lonzo's had issues. Favors has had issues. Uh, Zion, we'll see how he adapts. Um, Drew, who's missed time earlier in his career with that tibia stress fracture. But in the last three seasons, he's missed some time, I think 31 games. But it was a core muscle thing, which guys played through all the time. Like Wendell Carter played through it for three years. Um, Jamal Murray's played through a similar thing like that. Like guys played through that, but they just shut him down because they were tanking. So that cost him games last year. Played 81 two games two years ago. And then three years ago, he missed the start of the season for his longest stretch because his wife had a tumor. So, like, these are not like, oh, he has bad knees. Oh, he messes his ankles up a lot. Like, these are kind of fluky things. So, yeah, I, I just think this team is set up to just do well. I mean, for fan- like a lot of people listening are fantasy people. Like, if they're playing games at, like – I mean, so if you just say maybe they run at eight – percent eight percentage slower which i guess is kind of the preseason regular season trend like you're still talking about like a 113 114 pace which is insane so like at the at the way in which they play it's just going to be ridiculous how much fantasy stats are gonna, like we're going to play like every night if you do a dfs podcast like 
you're going to probably, if you want to do like most important game stacks, like you're going to lead with the Pelicans half the time, maybe more than half the time. Um, so it's, it's just going to be so much fun to watch this team all season. Yeah, I, I, I am going to be all in on the, uh, I'm going to be all in on the Pelicans. I think who do, uh, who do we want to jump to next? Let's talk about Cat and perhaps the, the, another guy. I, I got a little bit of a, a, a puzzling response from you when I said that Cat's my number one player for a season long, uh, and he proved me right. Uh, he I, was, I think I think a, like AD has to be the number one player, right? Well, just durability, man. And yeah, honestly, that's true. Yeah, that's my main reason why. But honestly, I don't think that their stats per game are going to be that far off. Um, I'll see, like, all the buzz stories. It's one preseason game. I get it. It's the Suns. Suns had 29 turnovers or whatever. I get all that. But, like, from what we saw, it's exactly what they told us. So, like, you know, if we hear all these things, like, take the Todd Gurley thing, like, you hear all these hear all these things, but they're drafting running backs and doing – and I guess Todd Gurley's hurt now, by the way. Um, I'm sure you knew that. Um, so, uh, yeah, like, and he was running high post. He was running – he was um, bringing the ball up off the dribble. They were running – a lot of DHO. They were running pin downs for him. They didn't really do as much of that last year. They were doing like almost every set that was out there was for cat, whether it be to get guys, the ball, just Jeff Teague didn't handle the ball like at all. Like he's not, the, he's not even really the point guard anymore. Um, super low usage. We saw Wiggins really take a step back and hot take, man. Like Wiggins might be below 24 minutes per game by the all-star break. Like he doesn't look very good. Um, this whole big fresh start thing looks kind of bogus. But. Man, I don't, I don't know, I don't know if that's a hot take. I think yeah, he's I know, just, right? I think, I think he's just straight up bad, and he's gonna be, uh, you know, he's gonna, what's the, he's gonna be like an Omar Ashik contract before too yeah. long. It looks pretty bad, man. Like, I don't, I, I, he had a, his, he had an airball three that was a really good look. Uh, it, it was just ugly. He was out of his place on defense. I just don't know what they're gonna do. Like, it's just looking like a really bad contract. Um, but anyways, um, and actually on the flip side of that, um, I thought Jared Culver looked good. My really, my first chance to watch him against NBA talent because they sat him out, um, to quote unquote, get him into the system. And I'm kind of buying a lot of ball handling late, had some point guard positions, had some screens set for him on ball. Um, just really athletic, um, just kind of has that pop off his first couple steps, um, real bouncy. Um, when going for rebounds and stuff like that. So I'm definitely digging Jared Culver, who may cut into him, uh, Wiggins, that is. And I thought Josh Okogie played really well on defense, um, just in a lot of really good passing lanes, um, really good on switching. And another point we made um, in the last podcast was, like, this team wants to switch a lot. Um, and that was really true. They left everything um, kind of out on the island with switching, which uh, led Jake Lehman uh, to getting a starting job. And he looked pretty good out there. Missed all six of his threes. But – you know, he's, he's um, you know, capable of guarding fours and uh, an underrated shooter. We know um, he's had some spots where he has high usage rates in second units, which is always fun. So I think he's a good fit. Uh, Robert Covington's still a little bit banged up. Um, he's going to have, a, I think, a lot of restrictions on him. But said he felt better um, after the first game, but said he's not quite ready yet. So heads up on that. Like if you draft Robert Covington, like, you've got to have pretty low expectations to start the season, um, which I'm, I'm not drafting Covington, just to throw that out there. Um, but, yeah. Uh, Covington is like dude that is he is a classic DFS guy like just absolutely classic like because he's always like 5,500 and he does he does project pretty well so I'm I'm pretty interested in in uh, Covington's playing time for this team yeah it just has to get there first just because this whole big knee thing like we said before like he had an arthroscopic knee surgery back in April and he's still not right like it's a lot of time that's usually like an eight-weeker 
Um, so for him to still be kind of struggling through it, a guy who's had the last the three of the last four years, I believe he's had knee issues. So like he's like the reverse holiday. Like he misses games because of like the same reason, which is a red flag for fantasy for sure. But yeah, I think he's awesome fit. Um, just has to get up there in health and hopefully he stays on the floor. And okay, actually, so a quick side note, Noah Vonley played, I think, straight five. Um, he yeah. didn't really look good. Uh, so I want to see how Jordan Bell comes back. Jordan Bell is a, uh, has a calf injury. So we'll see if he comes out there. He's not going to get the revenge game uh, against Golden State tonight. Yeah. All right. So someone I love, and I think you do too, Tyler Hierro. Th- this dude is awesome. He is a bucket, uh, as they say. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, him, him and Bam are like – probably two of my all hashtag brand guys. Um, and they've played 19 minutes together, a small sample, obviously, but they have a plus 41 net rating um, for what that's, whatever that's worth. But he's just insane, man. Like he's had so many flashy passes, a little bit mistake prone. He's a rookie, obviously, but he's coming for that starting spot. And even Dion waiters said like, I'm not happy. I came off the bench. Uh, and he didn't say for hero, but that's obviously what it was. And here wasn't, he didn't really pop. Uh, as far as the stat sheet goes in the game against Charlotte, but he does pop, man. He just he's just so shifty. He has great control of the ball. Uh, I think he runs off screens well. I think he does a lot of different things that they want to get uh, to inject into this offense to really maximize what Jimmy can do, maximize what Bam can do. Uh, and when when it comes back, he's just a really good fit. Uh, and just as a secondary ball handler, they're going to want to limit Goran Dragic's minutes uh, with his bad knee and stuff. He sat yesterday, so. Um, and just, I know, uh, Kendrick Nunn uh, continues to look, look really good. Uh, it's kind of a super-duper low-key guy if, if guys are missing time. Like, uh, he made uh, the All-Summer League team this year. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of players to watch here as this rotation gets sorted out. And I tweeted out uh, the other day that Pat Riley, like, has to be on the phone, like, trying to figure out how to clear minutes for some of these young guys, especially Hero. But uh, just quickly on, bam, bam's insane. Like all, all these things. Oh, he's we, so good. Yeah, like he's all these so things good. we heard all summer. Like Bam's gonna bring the ball up. Bam's gonna get triple handoff plays for him. Bam's gonna get on ball screens. Bam's gonna um, play high post, look for cutters. Like yes, 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 and yes. Um, he's gonna play a little bit more of a, a switchy kind of a role, so the blocks won't be quite as good as they could be, I guess. But I think the steals will be really good. So I just love Bam, uh, an absolute must grab player. Depending on how sharp your league is, like fourth or fifth round. Uh, if your league's sharp, maybe even fifth or sixth. Or, I think ESPN is like 90, which is insanity to me. But, um, yeah, like, like uh, for sure. God, he went so expensive in my auction. I couldn't get him. Like, he went for even higher than I had him just because he's so hyped up. Um, I guess it's my own fault. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. No, that's just that's the way yeah. things go. Guys, yeah. guys you love are always going to get jammed up a little yeah. bit. Really interesting sideline story we have here is Markel Fultz is going to play. He, he is going to play. It seems like he, like he still can't shoot that well, but he's out there playing, like looking like an NBA player. Yeah. Um, like you said, can't shoot. I didn't look at his track stats yesterday, but I didn't really see any. But he only had one, like, quote-unquote jumper um, before last night. And he has this, like, one go-to move where he, like, drives back and hits this little fadeaway jumper. He's done, I want to say, like, three or four times. I think he's made, like, most of them, uh, maybe only missed one, but yeah, he like pops athletically. This is really why he got drafted at number one. He's just a freak athletically, fast, long, seven foot wingspan, all this and that. But the shot's not there yet. Um, had some really nice passes. He's been at, uh, like four and a half times in the three games so far. The steals have been there too. So um, yeah, like he's gonna be, I guess, Alfred Payton-y, You know, like 
a little bit of assists, a little bit of steals, um, pretty ugly percentages. I don't think he's going to make many threes. But um, they played him next to DJ Augustine yesterday a little bit, so that's something to watch. Um, but, yeah, Evan Fournier sat, which is what opened that up. So has opportunity here. We know DJ Augustine isn't exactly bulletproof as far as keeping minutes. Uh, and Michael Carter-Williams is as good as he was kind of late in the season, which he was, despite how we like to rip on him. Um, Bulls has an opportunity here. I still wouldn't draft him just because I think there's other guys with um, more clear paths. Um, and, you know, the, the Magic are um, one of the most – um, like they had the most continuity of anybody with the way their team's put together. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know about him. But one player I do like, if I could change gears here, Jonathan Isaac's such a beast. And I think for DFS, the biggest takeaway here is, like, you sit dudes that are going against Jonathan Isaac at power forward. Like, he shuts dudes down. He shut down John Collins so hard yesterday. Gave him, like, no room. He couldn't get anything off rolls. It was just a, 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 just a murdering on a basketball court. Like, he's, he's just a beast defensively. Uh, he could switch on small threes now. Like, I, he's just going to he – like, legit, like, he won't because it's a magic. But, like, if I had to put together an all-defensive team guess, like, you might even put him on there. He's that good. And his passing's huge. His pass uh, – his assists are way up. Um, that's a big thing to watch. We love um, – like, I talk about Bam and Cat and all these guys. Like, assists are sneaky. You know, 1.5 points in DFS can really rack up if you're getting four or five of them. So, yeah, it's full-on draft Jonathan Isaac season as well. That's, that is kind of interesting to me. That would not have been something that I predicted from watching him last year. Yeah, he's, he made mistakes. He wasn't – it's preseason, so I think – but they really said they coached him up on a lot of things, and it shows. I mean, he hasn't really made um, – from what I've seen, I watched two of the three games, and I didn't get access to the third, and he hasn't really made any mistakes, um, as far as I could tell, that are glowing mistakes. Like, you know, he may be slipping, you know, going under the screen on a guy he shouldn't and all that stuff. But, like, he's long enough where he could go underneath screens a little bit and still defend a shot. So, I just think that Isaac's just going to be such a stud this year. And it was nice to see that he actually stayed healthy. Uh, I think he was, he had the longest stretch of not missing a game for the Magic uh, at some point last season, um, which was nice for a guy who had routinely missed time because of ankle injuries. All right, now moving and Aaron on. Gord, actually, quick side note, Aaron Gordon has looked great defensively and offensively. That post-up game that got talked up has also been on full display. Uh, had a bit of a – he had a jaw. I think they called it a contusion. He caught Alex Lynn's shoulder, so we only saw eight minutes from him yesterday. So if you're looking at the box score and notice that, that's why. Yeah. All right, so moving on, we got to look. We got to talk about Oklahoma City. Tell me what you were seeing from, uh, from my favorite team that's just destined to hurt me. <laughs> Don't say that. You have Shea Gilgis Alexander. You're gonna be fine. Um, just you know, you know, I hate Chris Paul though. Yeah, uh, it's true. Yeah, so just just sit him. Uh, that so what we're gonna be monitoring really all season is how SGA plays with and without Chris Paul. And so far, like it's kind of pretty good both, but it's insanely good without. Um, just 11 minute sample, so like you know it is what it is, but. And just quick aside, like, I know people give me crap for small samples, but what the hell else are we supposed to look at, man? Like, it's your job to know everything right. about, like, where things are going. So, like, you know, people who tweet back at me, like, why are you tweeting about, like, 20-minute samples in preseason? Like, it's my job to, like, try to make projections on where guys are going to go. So, of course, I'm going to use new information to help do that. Sorry. Right. But, um, yeah, just, do you get that? Do people give you that crap a lot? Uh, so actually I get the opposite is people just don't understand in football why small sample sizes are bad. And you know, most yeah. of what I'm talking about is football. So actually I, 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 I yeah. often get the reverse. Uh, okay. Yeah. Cause I mean, I'm, I'm just tweeting out stats. Like I'm not saying like, 
oh yeah, like adjust your ranks because of this and just like take it into account and it could be, you know, something to factor into what, what could happen with this guy. But anyway, so it's just 11 minutes, but he has 45 points per, in the, per 36 in those 11 minutes versus uh, 15 minutes with CP3 in this one game, but still 23, um, two and a half, two and a half, two and a half like, across the board. So uh, it's looking really good. Just so fast. Uh, had, I mentioned that Drew Holiday um, fast break stat. Um, SG was actually better at increasing his uh, post break, uh, fast break point percentage. Just going to fly around out there. We saw him just blow by dudes. It's going to be inter- interesting to see how teams defend him now that he's more of a focal point than he you know, may or may not be. Another thing, we saw him run out there with both Chris Paul and Dennis Schroeder. But they got to get one of those guys out of there, man. Like, they're going to stunt him uh, if they don't let him just get the ball more. And kind of, um, I always say, like, Neo in the Matrix, when he figures out that he's, like, got all these talents and stuff, like, you know, jump across buildings and do all this cool stuff. Like, he needs to do that to see how good he is. So, um, yeah, I just love SGA. Other takeaways here. Uh, I thought it was a good start for Darius Baisley. Uh, had some night, real nice plays. Had a nice little uh, drive up the middle for a dunk. Um, you know, made – Good decisions. Um, but one other takeaway is, like, I think this team's going to get shredded at power forward. Um, they're going to have some trouble there, um, especially if Steven Adams misses to can't, if he can't protect the paint. Um, that's maybe something that we look at for DFS. Yeah, I mean, I think I think all of that seems pretty uh, seems pretty. What about, reasonable. You, have I guess. Any, you have any takeaways from, from that one and uh, this squad? I mean, I, it's nice to see that Baisley can play, right? Because, like, that was, like, if, if Baisley just came out and just looked miserable, you know, like, like looked like a guy who couldn't play in the NBA, that would, uh, that would just be a bad start to the rebuild, right? Yeah, usually those guys who are kind of sit out for a year-ish, um, like Simons, for instance, like, he did not look good right away. So, yeah. Baisley, you know, he looked pretty decent in summer league, looked pretty good, got a lot of length, um, put on some weight, maybe he can be a stretch four, so – yeah, um, that's a, a big takeaway for a team set for a rebuild. You love seeing your first-round pick just uh, look good. Yep, and uh, speaking of my break, my uh, my breaking heart, Russell Westbrook, my my favorite player of all time, just just crushing without Harden, and uh, you know Harden still crushing as well for Houston. Yeah, so um, I did not watch the game this morning, by the way, just to throw that out there, but I do have the stats on it. So we're, we were going to talk about this a lot too, like splits on and off. So. Uh, Westbrook without Harden, just 20 minutes, has been very good. Uh, 125 pace, 43 usage rate uh, per 36 of 43 points, five boards, four dimes, 1.8 steals, 1.8 blocks, 5.3 trays, and 12.5 turnovers, of course. Um, But even uh, with Harden, he's still pretty good. He's 18-3 and 12 assists, 4.3 steals uh, in, I think, a 25-minute sample. Didn't write that down. Um, And then, yeah, Harden without Westbrook has been – insane 79 minutes per 36 38 points 10 boards 16 dimes 1.8 steals like these guys are gonna be fine I know a lot of people are concerned about that but again the increased pace which I'm fully buying especially with Westbrook out there I've said it countless times all summer like 10 seconds flat off a rebound for OKC last year like this team's gonna be not in the bottom maybe even top 10 um, but they're gonna be enough where it's gonna boost these guys value um, just overall, like Westbrook in, in, in the open floor could really get guys easy buckets, especially Harden, um, who's going to yeah. be open on a lot of threes when Hart, when um, Westbrook's just pulling, sucking the defense in on transition. So, yeah, like Westbrook, his scoring go down a little bit, but it's not where I'm like, oh, my God, he's going to only score like 18. I think he's still got, what would you say, 20, 
21 points a game, 22 points a game, eh, maybe 18, 18 to 22, I think is the range, which is still pretty good. Yeah, I think I think all of that seems, I, and, and he'll be fine for fantasy yeah. too. Uh, moving on to the the Phoenix Suns, we have we have DeAndre Ayton, seeming like uh, you know like he can play a little bit, like the guy can uh, can move around. Yeah, Rubio really talked him up. Said they've been working a lot on pick and rolls. They had a really nice sequence, I think back to back, where they had an alley oop and another one that really set up Ayton on a wide open shot. Um, yeah, um, we seen Rubio kind of do well with bigs on pick and rolls and stuff. Cat earlier. Um, Rudy Gobert was one of the best efficient role men um, two years ago. Last year wasn't quite as good, but he's still really good in that in that role. And really, Rubio going there may have helped him grow into that. So that that may help Aiton as well. Uh, Rubio just really understands angles on how to get guys set up. Um, you can actually see when they try to run pick and roll. With, and just a side note, they try to run pick and roll with Aiton on like everybody, Dario Saric, like everyone. They were just he was just setting screens on dudes. But, um, yeah, so anyways, like, he's in a good spot, man. I thought he looked a little bit better on defense. He still made mistakes like I was hinting at. Like, him and Booker still didn't really look good as a PNR duo. But, um, yeah, I like him. Like, definitely third-round guy if you wanted, if you wanted to draft a big man. Um, you know, may, if you feel like you can't get Bam. And I would probably rather have whoever – like, like I'd rather have the comp- – if I'm drafting, I'd rather have Donovan Mitchell and then Bam versus, you know, Aiton and then whoever – whatever guard I take in the fourth. Um, right. We hope we get SGA in the fifth, anyways. But um, yeah. So like, Aiden's, Aiden looks pretty good, man. Um, I'm not bought, like this whole big three point shooting thing. I think got shot down. I think they were just being nice to him. But yeah, I'm digging him. And Ty Jerome looks pretty good. The Suns are running a really weird second unit of Javon Carter, Ty Jerome, and Tyler Johnson. Um, it's it's just a weird look. Uh, they have um. They were in Frank Kaminsky at the uh, power forward spot, and Czech Diallo got straight roasted, like, the whole time. And, um, yeah, I, I just couldn't believe it. So, we'll see what happens with, with – he may get cut. But, um, yeah, do you, just, do you have any – you notice anything on the Suns? you you care? No. I I, th- I mean, <laughs> I am I am most interested in their rotation for, like, DFS purposes and season-long and Ricky Rubio, just because I think, I think Rubio is uh, – I just think Rubio is a really good player, and I think that he can help out teams uh, like this. Speaking of teams, though, that are generally a dumpster fire, you, you think that the Washington Wizards actually have some bright spots? Yeah, so the one big thing for me, and I mentioned this in a tweet yesterday, is draft Thomas Bryant. Like, he's not in the Bam, Pascal, Aiton tiers, but, like, after that, like, I may take him over Valachunas, which admit, just because I don't trust Valachunas being hurt right now, given his history. But one thing that stood out to me in listening to press conferences is they want to run a lot of Bradley Beal dribble handoffs with Bryant. Uh, all 14 of Bradley Beal's minutes were with Bryant. So they're really trying to establish that rapport. Um, all the broadcasters on the Wizards broadcast have just been raving about Bryant. I'm buying a real good shooter, good free throw shooter too. So um, minutes should go up. Uh, he's looked tremendous. Another guy who's actually really stepped up behind him uh, has been Mo Wagner um, as the Lakers had to dump roster spots to, to clear things out for the AD deal. Um, he's looked really good. Um, Brooks talked him up, says he ran the, ran the floor really well, and he called that a mistake because they're going to run with him more. I thought that was kind of interesting. But just 22.4 minutes per game, he's at 18.5 points um, and 1.5 threes. Um, they said they really want to improve him as a pick-and-roll man. Um, he did play three minutes next to Bryant in the first game didn't play next to him in the next game um versus against the uh the long well poor long lines they're getting beat by uh the sixers and then he loses to the wizards like what are you doing but uh, long faces for the long lines um uh, yeah 
It's that. So it's something to watch. That's too. so good. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, other than that, not really much going on. I think Chris Chiosa may have like lost his mojo. Brooks spot. Brook uh, Scott Brooks talked him up a lot. Uh, he's looked horrible. Uh, looks like uh, Justin Robinson maybe coming in and getting that number two point guard spot. Um, Jordan McRae let me down as a DFS chalk yesterday. Usually you'd think against the Long Lions he would smash, but he did not. Um, so yeah, tough. That's, that's kind of it. Um, Bradley Beal is going to be a monster. He didn't play yesterday, but we know Bradley Beal is going to be top 12-ish for fantasy. How are you feeling about the Atlanta Hawks? I'm a. I'm not nervous. Uh, I'm definitely sold on them being a team to attack for DFS because their defense is a mess. But um, John Collins has, has looked a little rough. I mentioned it was a little bit because of the matchup. Didn't play well in the first game either. But he gets a pass from me on Jonathan Isaac. But um, Trey Young's been super sloppy. But I am really encouraged on the usage. He is running this offense all day, every day, and he's going to. So when that happens, you just you know play him in fantasy DFS. Draft him in the second round um, in your fantasy leagues. Going to have a big upside. The turnovers have been really bad. Right. He's almost like showing off, man. I'm sure everyone's seen the J.J. Redick nutmeg. He's just doing flashy stuff all day. So he's just having fun out there. Uh, he did kind of mention uh, after, after the game that he's kind of been real sloppy. and He's going to try to tighten it up. So, uh, yeah, I'm not discouraged on Trey Young. I am a little bit worried about John Collins. Um, I think uh, Hunter's continue to look pretty good. And I guess kind of a sneaky one to watch is DeAndre Bembry's kind of popped in the last two games to me, uh, running the offense more, ran some backup point guard. Evan Turner's dinged up. You know, Evan Turner isn't exactly another guy who's going to just lock down minutes. He's currently the backup point guard right now, and they want to play him at the four. So, you know, I think if Bembry can prove he can be a ball handler, he may have a, a role on this team, especially with all these older guys who are hurt, being Turner, Alan Crabb, and good old Chandler Parsons' contract. Uh, so... Yeah, uh, I'm, I'll never draft Alex Len. Bruno Fernandez still looks pretty solid. Um, definitely made some mistakes, which has been have been called out by Lloyd Pierce. But um, yeah, really just and Cam Reddish was a little bit rough. Um, a guy I follow is real good into uh, into uh, the, um, like scouting, and he apparently blasted. Uh, I tweeted out something about Reddish. Or, I'm sorry, he tweeted out something about Reddish. How he like jumps weird, and like the way he jumps is like puts him in position to be blocked more. I thought that was kind of interesting. And he hasn't looked good. Like, there was a uh, – against the Pelicans, like, he was wide open and somehow Drew Holiday kind of, like, came out of nowhere and blocked it. So, something to watch there. But Reddish definitely looks talented. Yeah. All right. I'm, uh, I'm in on that. That would be – that would be fun if he is uh, – it would be fun if he's good. Observations on the Bucks, other than uh, Giannis being great? Well, first and foremost, uh, Eric Bledsoe has an oblique strain. So, in the second quarter, I want to say – uh, he was defending near the rim, and I thought at first it was, like, Deontis Antetokounmpo, like, his leg, like, bumping Bledsoe's thigh, and he's just like, all right, take me out. But so he brought the ball up in the next possession and, like, went right into the corner by the bench, checked out. Um, so he has an oblique strain. So, I mean, that's really bad for pitchers in baseball, but I don't really know. Like, we've seen other guys in basketball kind of miss a lot of time, a little bit of time. So, obviously, it's going to depend. They're going to probably give him an MRI. So that would be – That'd be bad. Um, you probably, if you're drafting this week and we don't get the word on that, you may want to be careful on drafting Bledsoe. He may miss a couple weeks in the season. Um, but really, replacing him will be total team committee approach here. Uh, a little bit of Dante DiVincenzo. I think George Hill would be probably worth drafting now. Um, but really, one other takeaway I had was, like, putting Kyle Korver on this team is, like, kind of unfair. Um, he was so open. He hit, like, a really nice corner three. Uh, he just moves so well with the way the offense flows and with, with how Giannis drives, 
when he comes in at angles, like Corver's so smart at just like getting a clear lane to get the clear look from when the help comes in. So good at that. So uh, I, it's kind of not really fantasy relevant, but I just thought it was kind of like a low key pickup. But um, Giannis is insane. I think he was like plus twenty seven. Um, again, really the takeaway here is like the Bucks are still going to be the favorite as great as Phillies looked at times. Like this team's going to be a monster. Middleton looks pretty good, which we all know. So not really too many takeaways, but. Um, I guess the big ones are Bledsoe, Corver being addition, and then, like I said, Giannis is probably the favorite for MVP. All right, do we got we got big Spurs? Uh, we got big Spurs observations. Um, yeah, just something I'm watching is how Dejounte Murray and Demar used. Uh, I think it was like 13 to 16 minute overlap uh, for Dejounte and Demar, so they would probably want to get those two guys together. Demar didn't play in the first game, uh, and then no Derek White and Dejounte overlap. Um, that's something I'm definitely watching. We saw Jakob Pertl. Maybe he was tricking everyone. Maybe he was, like, playing the media, like a violin, uh, <laughs> and saying that, like, because he was saying that Derek White and DeJounte were running together a lot in practice, and they haven't played together at all uh, in these two games. And one of those games, DeMar didn't even play. Uh, so that is a little bit of a red flag for me on drafting Derek White. Uh, I still like DeJounte Murray. I bought him, I think, it's $7 in an auction draft I did on. Tuesday, so I like him. Just kind of something I'm watching here. Other than that, uh, we kind of know the deal. I thought Damari Carroll looks really weird in number 77. It's just a random note. But, uh, yeah, uh, it's kind of nothing, nothing really new there besides what we're watching with how those three fit in DeJounte, Damar, and Derek 3D. How does, uh, how does John Morant look so far to you? John Morant looks good. Um, we saw they're pushing the pace a lot. They're getting a lot of fast break points. Uh, he's blowing by dudes, man. I know he's not playing against good competition, hasn't played an NBA team yet, but uh, he's just so long and so fast. He's he's seriously like Westbrook. Um, he's been pretty good at finding guys. I think him and uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. have a good kind of rapport early. Um, yeah, just the offense is going to be wide open for him to get in the lane, um, kick out for threes, and – yeah, just, just dominate. And I think he's going to um, help improve on defense, but his length is going to probably create some steals. He went really expensive in my, uh, my auction on Tuesday. So definitely a lot of demand for him. Um, but yeah, he'll probably go, I want to say like fifth, sixth, seventh round. Um, I'd prefer Shea. Um, if it's a category league points leagues, I'd take John Morant, but um, yeah, I'm definitely in on drafting him and Brandon Clark's a beast. Um, I think, yeah. Yeah. I, um, one part I did, last week or I don't even know I'm just a mess but um I talked about how he's just been so nasty as a screener um and I'm still kind of buying that this offense is just flowing so much nicer than, than what we've seen with the grit and grind days so um more fantasy output galore with the Grizzlies all right Ben Simmons <laughs> made a three-pointer dude it was hilarious like you I know everyone said this but it was like they won a playoff game off that it was like the, it was seriously one of the funniest things. Uh, Twitter went berserk. Um, I got retweeted mad times when I posted the video of it, and uh, it was just so funny. The, um, he did, it looked nice, man. He stepped right into it, um, and much like how uh, Shea did when the shot clock was running down. Um, Twenty-seven footer, by the way, for Shea. I only had three of those last year. Can squeeze that in there. But yeah, like that, there's really not much takeaway here uh, as far as Ben goes. Like Ben's gonna be Ben, uh, perhaps takeaways wise. Matisse Thibault continues to look the part of a lockdown defender, and I think he is kind of ahead of Zaire Smith, perhaps by a lot. Like, he may win the job. Um, so, on games when guys sit, uh, he could be a guy to look Well, I've, I've heard, like, just uh, like just kind of 
perusing stuff, like all of his teammates, all of Thibel's teammates are like, that dude is so good. Yeah, Ben literally said, I hate when he guards me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, he's, he's that good. He's like a ferocious defender, runs out um, on transition and stuff. He's, his defensive stats were insane. Like, he had 3.2 steals and like 2.8 blocks or something, which is just absurd. Uh, and the, the, the Sixers are always in a good position for steals for how they play. So, yeah, he can be super sneaky with steals. Maybe even like um, Mikael Bridges, you know, kind of a similar skill set to him as far as fantasy skill set, which we saw Bridges get a lot of minutes late in the season. But, yeah, I mean, Matisse Thibault, really everything I've seen from him is made, makes him like a really big steal, especially for what – I mean, with the Sixers, they don't need to draft offense. So, I mean, they're getting a, a defensive guy for where they got him in the draft. Like, that's just a total win. Who's going to play more minutes for the Pistons, Derrick Rose or Reggie Jackson? I still think it's going to be Jackson because just because he starts, and I think Derrick Rose can't play that many minutes. We saw yeah. later in the season last year the Pistons were – I'm sorry, the Wolves were like, what are we doing? You know, even Rose is like – you could just tell in press conferences, like, dude, why did I play so many minutes? So, off that, I'd say Reggie Jackson. But, like, as far as closing goes, like, the whole hide the Reggie Jackson thing, I always talk about, like – they put him always on the worst guy they can get away with. Like, that's the plan. Uh, now they have a decent defender in Tony Snell uh, on top of Bruce Brown, who's really the primary ball handler defender. Like, it's going to be pretty bleak. We know Blake likes to run the offense. I think when Blake sits, then Reggie Jackson could be someone to maybe look at. But in the games where Blake's playing, like, it's really going to be tough to trust Reggie Jackson there didn't end out. Just a quick one. Um, Drummond's look really good. Um, that's – and Luke Kennard looked good, but I don't, last night I still don't really buy him yet. But, um, yeah, uh, I just think Drummond's going to have a, just a ridiculous season for the stat sheet. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's, uh, that, that was a good, you know, quick 30-minute update around the league. Anything else that we really need to bring the people up to date on? Yeah, uh, I guess I'll just hammer these quickly. Um, Fred Van Vliet and Siakam look really, really, really good. Again, I haven't watched the game today, but I'm buying from what the beat writers were saying this morning in their recap columns, and I thought he looked good in the first game. Siakam's going to be a beast. Um, Zach Levine has been uh, a lot better than I'd expected in the preseason. Bulls are running a lot of uh, heavy guard lineups. Uh, they're running like almost two-point guard lineups almost like more than half the time. Something to watch there. Um, Jeremy Grant, like we talked about, he's such a great fit on this team. Michael Porter Jr. had kind of some flashes. Um, and no Amphrey Simons next to Dame or CJ yet. I think that's something to kind of keep track of, which I thought we were going to expect. Um, and then the Jazz got to the line a whole lot in the first game against the Bucks team, which is really good at keeping the paint protected. So I thought that was something to watch. Um, not much out of Donnie, not much out of really anybody else that we took away from. They definitely looked like it was the first preseason game, so I can't really draw any conclusions on that one. Oh, I guess quick, um, just quickly on Luca and Porzingis too. I, I mentioned before how I think that Westbrook and Hart are going to have 30 usage rates as teammates. Porzingis and Luca probably could too. Um, kind of in, the, in their 13 minutes together, Luca had uh, a 38 usage rate with KP, and then KP had a 41 usage rate in those 13 minutes. That's two guys combining for just a tick under 80% of the offense. Um, so I think those two guys both have a shot at 30 usage rates as well. Uh, they obviously both have to stay on the floor. So, yeah, man, I'm just uh, – I love this. A lot of games on tonight. Uh, I can't wait to uh, watch this Nets and Lakers game and the Raptors uh, uh, Rockets game and a lot of fun ones tonight. Really want to see this, uh, how the Suns do against the Kings. And uh, Morshe, uh, no no Kawhi Leonard again, already load managed twice. Uh, he's not going to hit three preseason games. That's so shady to me, dude. They're all season, they're off season. They're like, oh, yeah, he won't be load managed as bad. 
and he played. A yeah, there's there's no way that's true. Yeah, there, he's yeah. gonna play sixty games. Yeah, I think that may be even high. Like he played three preseason games last year when he was like, oh yeah, it's because I played nine games last year. That's why I took it easy. So like, okay, why'd you play in three preseason games then? If that was the case, now you're sitting them out again. Like it's just, I don't buy it at all. But that should be a fun game with them in Denver. Um, yeah. More Jokic. Jokic was a little bit boring in the Blazer game, but um, yeah, and then. Uh, NBA TV for anyone who doesn't have league pass, like that's going to be great. Wolves and uh, Wolves and Warriors, um, all all the cat cat on national TV. Yeah, Hopefully it's there we actually. go. Hopefully it sits actually. All right, that was uh, that was around the uh, that was around the league with uh, with Michael Gallagher. You can get all of his content on RotoWorld.com. We'll also be doing some guest spots, uh, you know, just around around the industry over the next few weeks and. Uh, we will we will probably be back. We'll be we'll keep doing more of these and uh you know we hope that you guys are getting ready for the NBA season. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's gonna be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon.